Welcome to the Market Talk podcast sponsored by WealthPress, where we believe if you're investing uninformed, you're screwed. Get the inside scoop on what's driving the markets today and what that means for your money, all in just 15 minutes. Well, hello, traders and investors. My name is Roger Scott. I'm the head trader for Wealth Press. Today is September 1st. Kids are going to school. Things are starting to reopen up. But let's look at global economy. And then after I give you the global economy, I'll talk about momentum very, very briefly because I talk about it quite a bit. And then I'll jump into the two stocks on my chopping blocks. They're two retail stocks. Retail has actually been picking up. We've seen a really good pickup in... in uh, consumer discretionary, but these two stocks have not been able to transition from brick and mortar to online sales. And that means we've got two retailers on our on our chopping block. Let's get into it right now. I take this stuff very seriously and so should you. So let's get into it right now. So global economy. Today we have PMI manufacturing, ISM manufacturing, and construction spending. So by the end of today, we're going to know how well the construction manufacturing uh, sector is coming along. As of right now, basic materials and industrial are in second place. Now, what does that mean? Obviously, they're not in second place. You could see here they're in third and fourth place. But what that means is, is this. Technology and consumer discretionary, they're like one. The only time they get they get away from each other is when the market is grossly fragmented. And it's not right now. It's just overbought. But it's not fragmented. And similarly, you see material and industrial next to each other as well. Because think about if if industries pick up, basic material picks up. If basic material picks up, industrial picks up. They kind of go hand in hand because you need basic materials for industrial, more or less. Similarly, it, 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 it's the exact same thing with technology and uh, consumer discretionary. In the old days, technology was, you know, IBM was technology. But now, you know, you've got, you've got Apple, Amazon. Those are like the perfect examples of, is it consumer discretionary or is it technology? They do both. So you've got consumer technology, sorry, you've got consumer discretionary and technology moving together and you've got basic material and industrial moving together. So I'm saying they're kind of, if you put tech and consumer discretionary in one spot, material and industrial are in second spot, if you will. But yeah, they're in third and fourth place. But the bottom line is these are very defensive sectors. And tech and consumer discretionary are not. They're discretionary sectors. Um, well, you can argue that as of the COVID-19 technology has become kind of like utilities because you need the internet like you need water and electricity. But I'll save that for another day. The bottom line is these defensive sectors are starting to make headways. And I told you about this about two months ago. And if you look today, we've got a lot of news. So tomorrow I'll give you an update of how these two sectors are doing. But I'm expecting more growth and expansion in both material and industrial stocks. And again, we've got news today at 9.45, 10 and 10. And that'll give us a, a good indication of what's going on. Now, global economy. In Asia, Australia's benchmark led to declines falling 2% as federal, as not federal, as Reserve Bank of Australia decided to keep interest rates at record low. 
Japanese government reported that seasonally adjusted unemployment rate for July stood at 2.9%. Not really changed too much. Encouraging economic data as broad swaths of economies reopened this summer have helped stoke investors' optimism about the recovery. I'll tell you what helped stoke investors' optimism. The Fed telling us that they're going to keep growth, that they're going to keep uh, pressure on the Fed and central banks to keep putting money into the economy, even if we attain 2% target growth, which is what we're, we were prior to the pandemic. That's what's keeping uh, the market strong. The question is whether it's going to be enough to keep the markets moving higher when so much uncertainty remains about the pandemic's lasting impact on companies and consumers. And I say the same things, but I'm going to tell you, folks, the amount of money that's moving into the market right now from central banks and Fed, all this liquidity is really, really helping us more than you could ever imagine. We're not just talking about coming out of this. We're talking about coming out of this with a market that's twice as strong after a few years looking at it. So I want to talk about something today. And again, let me explain to you why, why I'm talking about this. Now, there's a reason why I'm focused on the bears right now. I'm going to talk about two retail stocks that you should look to sell. And I'm explaining to you why. I'm a relative strengths guy. And if you look at the S&P 500, this is a two-year chart. Notice momentum, we're at all-time highs right now, but there's we had 97% of stocks driving this market. We have about 20% less. So that engine is moving 20% less, but the momentum levels are just as sharp. But you could see here that's narrowing of momentum. When you look at a five-year chart, you will see we're already, you will see very clearly. Let me go even further. Five years. How often do you see a sustaining above the 80% level? Let's see, one time, two times, three times, four times, five times, six times, seven, eight, nine, ten times in five years. And each time, let me just put my, my mouse here. Notice small little blip, a good size blip. Most of these are real small blips. Like if you think about it, we've only had a few, like three or four that were big. One right here, one right here, and one right here. The rest of them, they just put their head up and then they move below the 80th, 80th percentile. We're at that 80th percentile right now and move, we're moving down. If you look at a 20-year chart, we're still moving higher, but that momentum level is overbought because we went to 95%. And if you look here, we hardly ever sustain these levels. I don't know what this is doing here. That's Craig doing his measured moves, I bet. Let's uh, delete that for now. So as you can see here, if I actually, let me uh, add a drawing tool here, vertical, um, let's see here, trend line. All right, oops, my drawing skills are just not that great. Let's do a horizontal line. There we go. Let's uh, let's change the color of it, shall we? Oops. There, let's make it orange. All right, so you see here, how often do we stay here? 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 We don't stay here very long, and I'm going 20 years here. This is not 20 years. This is 2007 because this momentum levels haven't been marked. But you could see here almost 13, 14 years, we don't stay above these levels very much, which means there is a much, much, much higher odd that the market will cool off before going back up. As you could see here, it's overbought. It's grossly overbought. And if you look at the SPY technically, you could see the same thing. It's not really telling us anything differently. I show this to everybody who would listen to me. 
Momentum levels are overbought. They're overbought right now. Look at this. RSI is at 82, very similarly to what we happened here prior to COVID-19 pullback. So again, price actions moving up, RSI is overbought. We've got divergence. We've got a lot of stuff telling us that this market is in a bubble right now. Not a, a long-term bubble, a short-term bubble that needs a mild correction. Usually, when you have a correction, what happens? The strongest stocks stay stable. The weakest stocks continue moving down. What's What has the most vulnerability during a correction? The weakest stocks. If you look at the stocks that gained the most, those are the stocks that dropped the least. Let me give you a good example of what I'm talking about. Uh, let's look at Amazon. Amazon is a, or let's do NVIDIA. Uh, let's, let's do Amazon, why not? Let me show you. Every time Amazon pulls back, you see this? It hardly ever pulls back. It hardly ever pulls back. The more resilience a stock has, I'm just showing you the best stocks over the last several months. Look at this, hardly any pullback. These are the strongest stocks over the last several months. Look at this. Every time it pulls back, it comes back up. Every time it pulls back up, it comes back up. Where if you look at the weakest stocks, they don't do that, all right? So today, I wanna talk about the two weakest retailers. First one is Ralph Lauren. Again, the weakest stocks don't rise that much during a bull market and then they'll fall the most. The strongest stocks will rise the most and they'll fall the least. So if the market's overbought, this is why it's very important to understand market positioning. If the market's overbought, you wanna focus on the weak stocks. If the market's oversold, you wanna focus on the strongest stocks. So again, Ralph Lauren, this is post-pandemic, not much upside. The, a few stores, not a few stores, several stores, Gap, L Brands, uh, Haneswear, several stores were able to move their business from brick and mortar to online. A lot of stores have not. Ralph Lauren, one of my favorite brands, I love polo shirts. You guys know that, I wear them all the time. Not doing so well. It couldn't even hit the 200-day moving average when the market got optimistic again. That's bad. And now it's sitting at the 50-day moving average, literally tithering on the lows. If that stock market of ours starts coming down, there's not many buyers for the stock. So I would look for a sell right around the 63.50 level. And if it breaks above, say, the 75 level, I would buy it back. Ralph Lauren, just not looking good. Second one is tapestry stock. You may not be familiar with tapestry stock, but you are familiar with what they do. You guys have heard of Coach, Kate Spade, Stuart Wiseman. They haven't been able to bridge that gap. They haven't been able to bridge that gap to online store sales. People are still, they're still trying to make, of, make good of their brick and mortar model. So again, hardly... Barely, didn't even hit the 200-day moving average during the recovery, pulled back, hovering around the lows within 10% of the lows. Now, for several months, if the stock, and the stock market's been moving up, 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 and this stock can't get it going at all. So again, I'm bearish on Tapestry, TPR, and I'm bearish on Ralph Lauren, and I wanted you guys to understand the logic behind it. I wanted you to understand how relative strength works. When markets are neutral, all right, you want to buy pullbacks or stocks that are strong that are congesting. If markets are really strong, 
You want to not sell stocks making you highs. You want to sell stocks making you lows because those stocks are artificially being pumped up. Like if this stock, if the market was bearish, this stock wouldn't be congesting. It would be trading near all-time lows, which it is. It would be going down. So the only thing that's saving this stock from moving lower is that huge, huge influx of capital that's been moving into the U.S. stock market. But for that, these stocks would have been goners. And again, I'm looking for a continuation of this downtrend. I'm looking for this downtrend to continue. I'm looking for this downtrend to continue. You see this? This is a three-year chart, downtrend. Everything moves up. Every time it moves up, it moves down. Ralph Lauren, downtrend. Not as, not as clear as this stock, but you get the point. The bottom line is, and these are three-year charts. The bottom line is these stock. The bottom line is these stocks are goners. TPR and Roth Lauren. Now, a few things can happen. They can go through BK. They may file BK. I'm not saying they will. They can be bought out by another store, by an online store, maybe Amazon. I'm making all this up. I don't know any of this. I'm just theorizing. There's a lot of things that could happen. But if things stay the way they are, and if these two stocks don't make a fast getaway to the online portal and away from brick and mortar, they're in deep doo-doo. There, I've said it, deep doo-doo. Thanks for listening today. Make sure to subscribe to the Market Talk podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or whatever platform you're listening from today so you don't miss any important news regarding your money and your investments. Have a great rest of your day. My name is Roger Scott, and happy trading.